With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz. We are getting into part two of our look at draft picks on offense for the Seahawks. If you missed part one, that was our quarterback conversation. So back to talk running backs is my friend EJ Snyder. You know him from bootleg football. He's the co-host with Brett Coleman, and you can also catch him on Bears Over Beers. That's part of Windy City Gridiron on the SB Nation Network. This is, I know EJ's, one of his favorite conversations is talking about running backs. I I kind of wanted to save it to the end, but you know what? It just, it makes sense to talk running backs, especially considering it's a need for the Seahawks. And yes, I said it's a need because, okay, yes, they they signed Rashad Penny to another one-year deal. Chris Carson's still under contract. We don't know his health status, though. We have two running backs with very questionable health status. And so when it comes to the Seahawks, when it comes to the fact that Pete Carroll just allowed his franchise quarterback to go to the Denver Broncos and wants to reestablish the run game. I kind of think that, you know, picking a running back EJ in the first couple rounds of the draft is not out of the question. Especially not with Seattle. Uh, If there is one team in the league that is going to buck the trend on running back valuation, which has slid and continues to slide in the league, it'd be Seattle. Like Seattle would put their stake in the ground. They are unorthodox in their drafting. Uh, have been for the entire, you know, John and Pete era. And they might just say, nope, A, we run the ball more than most people. And B, we don't care what you think of our value. We like this player and we're going to pick him. So I'm with you. It could happen. I would be honestly probably almost least surprised if the Seahawks pulled that off. It's weird when we talk about running back value, though, because I feel like we've shifted from, well, you can't take a running back in the first 10 picks to, well, you shouldn't really take a running back in until maybe the end of the first round to now mm-hmm. absolutely do not draft a running back at the in the first round whatsoever, and maybe don't even do it at the top of the second. It, it's it's slid that much, but it does yep. mean that where the Seahawks are at 40 and 41, that could put them in the, the sweet spot for picking the very first running back off the board. Absolutely. The the over under tellingly for running backs in the first round is 0.5. Yep. (laughs) And that is that tells you everything you need to know. It's like, do you think one's going to get taken or not? And I would take the under. I would actually be really surprised if a running back gets picked in the first round. I think that's free money. Second round. Yes, we're going to see at least a couple of running backs get taken. Maybe three, depending I, again, I think if I'm setting that number for the, for the second round, it's 2.5. Yeah. Right. I think two is a pretty safe number three. You're willing to, you willing to go down the plank and say three are going to get picked. Um, It has devalued. And the other thing about this class is there is tremendous depth at running back. You are going to get guys in the fifth and sixth who can start. And people might say, how EJ, how is that possible? And the answer is this is one of the largest draft classes in history. Mm. Last year was one of the smallest draft classes in history because of COVID. And a lot of guys took the COVID year, the extra COVID year that the NCAA granted. They went back to school. Well, many of them ran out. So there are an extra crop 
of players. It is 1.5 times as many players as there were available in the overall pool. So the, the depth at most positions is really good. And running back is one of those positions where you're going to get guys in the fourth, the fifth, the sixth that can come in and start. And that's not typical, but you just have to play the cards you're dealt and say, okay, knowing that, that I could get this guy or this guy or this guy in the fourth or fifth or sixth, do I want to spend this premium in this case, second round pick on a running back. And the Seahawks answer might be yes. They'd be one of the few teams that would do that. But most other teams are going to wait because they know they can wait and get a very quality player at that spot. So you're putting your money on zero running backs in the first round. But which running back would you put your money on to be the first one off the board? That's a great question. And I would say Brees Hall from Iowa State Mm. because I think he is a combination of production his physical profile is ridiculous his relative athletic score was like nine eight seven or something which or no it was even higher than that i think it was nine nine six and that makes him the fourth overall running back of all time since 1987 when ras started to be recorded and we talked about this on bootleg that running back is the all athlete position like in any kind of junior football you put your best athlete at running back because they touch it the most and so you know all the athletes All the Uber athletes play running back. Brees Hall is the fourth best Uber athlete at the Uber athlete (laughs) position in the last like 20 years. He's incredible physically. He has a great production. He is valuable in both the run game and the pass game. He's a home run threat. Like I would put my money on Brees Hall. If it's not Brees Hall, it's Kenneth Walker III um, from Michigan State, who is oddly reminiscent to me of Jonathan Taylor, who was another big 10 running back who was really fast. They're basically the same speed. Very still mad that the Seahawks didn't pick. Yep. And he would have been, that would have been the Seahawks roundhouse, right? Big, fast, physical running back. Um, Kenneth Walker, again, the one knock on Jonathan Taylor, that's not turned out to be true because he was a great athlete was look, he doesn't have very many receptions. Taylor was coming out of Wisconsin. They didn't throw the ball to running backs very much. And, Strangely enough, Kenneth Walker is the same. Like he has 30 something receptions in this college career. Like it's doesn't mean he can't catch. It means he hasn't been made to catch, but he is a, he is a ridiculously fun runner to watch. I love watching running back tape in general. Kenneth Walker is a joy to watch. He's a great, great runner. He's a little bit, I would say maybe undersized for what the Seahawks typically like physically at the profile. Like he's a little bit shorter. He's got, you know, decent way, but again, guys like Chris Carson, Penny is now much bigger than he was when he was drafted. They might like a bigger back, but in terms of pure running ability, those two guys are are my one and two. Let's go to the one guy who I think maybe would be next on the list for the Seahawks, uh, Pierce out of Florida. Oh boy. No, were, I, were you thinking I was going somewhere else? I was thinking you might go to a different back. I don't disagree with you, but I'm in the minority. I love Damian Pierce out of Florida. He wasn't used very much, and Florida fans will be the first one to tell you that that is the most confusing thing that their coach did last year because whenever he touches the ball, he basically split carries almost 50-50 with their other running back. And I, it's funny, I just watched Damian Pierce again uh, two nights ago to do my detailed write-up on him to really sort of put a cap on him and get him ranked. Every time he touches the ball, he did something great. Every time the other back touches the ball with the same line against the same defense, does something okay, does something average, Pierce repeatedly turns something into nothing and does something 
kind of flashy, but he has a low number of overall carries. And so right. a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know. The answer is that's great in running back terms. He has less mileage, right? He has less tread off the tires, less wear and tear, which is a big thing. Running back is a wear and tear position. I love Damian Pierce. Like he is probably going to end up as my RB3. Okay. Maybe four. And he is awesome. Like I, he has some very good measurable traits not only in his physical profile but also in terms of tackles broken and explosive plays and those two for running backs who are typically down the board and i say down the board because for most people that's where pierce is he's a fourth round running back or lower when this process started even just six weeks ago when people started to get really interested damian pierce was like a fifth round running back he was way down the board and i looked at him and said i don't know if that's true i think he's a lot better than that um for running backs that are down the board, those two measurables, those two stats of forced missed tackles and explosive plays are a kind of um, alchemist combination for success. Yeah, Guys like Khalil Herbert, who went to the Bears, was a, was a late round pick, right? Fifth, sixth round pick. Came out and looked great as a rookie was one of the players from last year's class that led in that combination of measurables. And there's four guys in this class and that are were supposedly down the board picks at running back that had good combinations and Pierce led them by a bunch. And it's one of the reasons he's climbing is as people sort of dig in and go, why did this guy only get 100 carries? And the answer is the coach, not anything he did. You go, oh, you know, that's a hidden. He was one of my 10 gems on offense for a reason on bootleg love his game think he's going to be a way better pro than a collegian um if he ended up in the northwest I, I might even go to a few more home games he is fun to watch and maybe if we get him it won't be too difficult to figure out which game we're going to meet up at this year but we have to wait for the schedule to release which is coming up after the draft as we move on we've got a couple more names to talk about who are projected a little bit further down the board let's hit those coming up next talking to EJ Snyder of bootleg football. And I, I want to get into some of your other names, EJ. And I know you've got a lot of these names in your rankings exclusive for your patrons of bootleg football. $5 gets you access to those exclusive rankings. Just search for bootleg football on Patreon to join up and you can get those. But before we move on, just to go back to look at the reason why I'm interested in Pierce and his ability to create missed tackles. If you look at just the volume, yeah, he, he, forced 39 missed tackles in college, which it's, it's not, I think it was good for top 60, but it's the, but it's volume. But if you go missed tackles forced per attempt, it's yep. third, it's <laughs> third in college. Yeah. All of college, which for those that don't follow college football, you're talking about, you know, 150 starting running backs ranked in that. And, you know, another like Pierce was, could have been considered a backup with his load share. You know, you're talking about two, three hundred guys. He was like third in one metric and I think sixth or eighth in the other. Like he's right in the top 10 for both. And there's a reason for that. It's it's not just numbers lining up on a sheet. If you watch his tape, which is my forte, it's obvious that he, you know, I, I posted a clip of him the other day on Twitter, just embarrassing this poor defensive back from Tennessee who completely with like, didn't even touch him. And he had him one-on-one, like lined up one-on-one, 
Pierce just absolutely jukes him out of his shoes and then keeps going. He accelerates very quickly. His stop start is deadly on the edge, um, runs with power, runs between the tackles. Again, has that build uh, that the Seahawks would favor. I, if Damian Pierce ends up a Seahawk, that, that to me would be a, a home run. That would be great. All right. So we've got RB one, two, and three off your board. Now, where do we go next? I, I would kind of skip because after that, it's going to depend on really fit and what people prefer. Do you want speed? Do you want power? Do you want elusiveness? Do you want pass catching? I want power. If you want power, I'm going to go down the board and there's a, there's a couple of guys, um, not very far down the board, but Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama is getting overlooked uh, because he's one of those guys that just does everything pretty well. I don't think he really has a signature skill, but he runs with power. He is very fast. He has great size. He is a good receiver. He is an excellent, if not one of the best pass blockers in this class. Like He does everything pretty well, and people just kind of tend to forget about him because he doesn't have one particularly flashy skill or stat and so he kind of just slides not because he's bad but because other people go oh this guy's the you know the best he's got the best moves this guy oh he's got the best power this guy had the most production so robinson just kind of slips down to that fourth or third range if if robinson ends up again as a seahawk he could be the heir apparent to chris carson like and he his physical skills are greater than chris carson and i i don't say that to be heretical i understand chris carson's place in seahawks lore and production brian robinson jr is a superior athlete Mm -hmm. and he could um again in a you know power downhill system produce some some very good highlights if you don't get him uh (laughs) One of his stablemates at Alabama for the first couple of years, Jerome Ford, who eventually transferred to Cincinnati mm. and had his last two years in Cincinnati, but started off as an Alabama running back. And that is that is a thing um, is another guy that has similar skills to Robinson. Doesn't quite have the size, but again, excellent pass blocker. Um, very good top end speed, not necessarily the quickest one cut and go kind of guy. Very dangerous in the passing game if he gets out on on wheel routes. Um, Another guy that is going to be down the board, some, not a ton, going to be a mid-round pick, I would say, but could be extremely productive in in all phases of the game. Pass protection, number one for rookie running backs. Don't get whoever's playing quarterback killed. And look, you got to catch some passes in the NFL. It's great if you're a great rush threat. Obviously, with the Seahawks, that's magnified a bit, but you're still going to have to catch some passes. Ford can do all those things, and so can Robinson. So those are kind of the mid-round guys. And if I go down the board, there's two guys if you want power. One guy I watched uh, last week, and I thought, hmm, okay. <laughs> like, Pete Pete would like this. I'm not <laughs> sure a lot of people would like this, but Pete would like this. And it's a name uh, that a lot of people probably haven't heard. And it's Sincere McCormick. And he is from UTSA, uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. And he is a what I would call a pure between-the-tackles runner. If you are an inside zone team or you are a man-gap power team that runs inside a lot, like Sincere McCormick is your guy, which will remind a lot of people of Chris Carson. Um, And he is going to be available late, uh, but he is what I would consider a pure power back that does have some speed. Uh, It's more straight-line speed than it is side-to-side speed, but likes to to hit guys between the tackles, likes to run them over. Um, And the other one is and this is just the classic running back name for the seahawks of all time bam knight (laughs) 
His first name is Zonovan, but he goes by Bam, B-A-M, and it is night like Knights of the Round Table. North Carolina State, Wolfpack guy. Big runner that is one of those four guys that I mentioned earlier that has that group of stats like Damian Pierce of missed tackles and explosive runs. Uh, and I actually made notes about this guy last year as I was watching uh, somebody play North Carolina State, a defender, and went, who is this guy? Like, who is the running back for North Carolina State? Wrote his name down. He's coming out this year uh, after the COVID year. He is big. He is fast. He's physical, likes to run people over, can run around uh, people as well. But again, when you go, not necessarily by volume, because it didn't, didn't have a ton of volume, but you go per attempt, he's got that magical mix of what low round running backs need to have that sort of success indicator doesn't mean they will have success but if they're going to they most likely have these two things paired and and bam knight has that along with come on one of the greatest running back names of all time well if we're gonna talk names or even nicknames i I feel like we can't close this out without talking about zeus white out of georgia zamir white yeah zam white is another one that i think fits in the mold of sincere mccormick uh, even he's not as fast as Brian Robinson. I actually don't think he's as dynamic, but he is a guy that will pound it. Georgia running backs, right? Georgia running backs, Alabama running backs, Arkansas running backs. There are certain schools, Texas running backs, um, where they just collect them, right? They collect four and five star running backs and they always have a bunch. Um, Zam White is the next guy in the line at Georgia. You could go down the list of great Georgia running backs and it, it is long and storied and he is a pounder. He he runs with that style and yeah i think that would fit uh pete's likes i don't know about seahawks fans likes i don't think those always line up uh but he is a hard-nosed guy ton of effort um breaks tackles but in a i would say in a physical way not necessarily in a dodging way he's he is a one move and run you over type um some people are one move and try to run away from you some people are string two moves together and and just try and be slippery all the way down the field zam white is find the hole make the cut find somebody to hit uh and he's pretty good at it like he was a starting tailback in georgia so he's got those skills he's ej snyder of bootleg football follow him out on twitter at the draftsman fb get those exclusive draft rankings through their bootleg football patreon page EJ, happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to everyone listening as well. And tune back in tomorrow. We're going to be talking about wide receivers. So even if you don't think that the Seahawks need help at receiver, Pete and John have picked one every year apart from 2012 and 2018. So just two years that they've skipped over that spot. So be sure you're subscribed to the show. You can get notified as soon as the next episode is out. And also check out fieldgoals.com. Yes, Even on a holiday, we've got new content there as well as John P. Gilbert does a roster analysis and says, prepare for the Seahawks to draft heavy on the offensive line. Now, the data is not clear on if they'll be able to draft well at the spot, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. And until next time, go Hawks.